Hallelujah. 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 If I could put a chair right here, I'll just stay right there. Hallelujah. Is he worthy? I said, is he worthy? Is he worthy? I don't know about you, but God is good. And all the time. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's good like that. 
He's good like that. I don't know about you, but he's worthy. Oh, my, 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 my. <laughs> you don't know like I know what he's done for me, what he's doing for me. You don't know like I know what he's about to do. Oh, praise God for a Sabbath rest this morning. We serve an amazing God. He is on the throne. I don't know what other folks been talking about, but what I know is that he lives. Come on, somebody. That he reigns. Come on, somebody. Oh, I feel my help right there. I know I got to go. I done stepped up. Just help me, Lord. <laughs> oh, God is so good. I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. I know y'all looking at me. Y'all looking at me. See, when you've been through what I've been through, when you know what I know, oh, I've been to the mountaintop, they say. I've seen lightning flashing, breakers dashing. But I've never seen the righteous for... Or is seed begging bread. Oh, thank you, Lord, for the Sabbath. God is so good. God is good. And all the time, God is good to bring myself back around because I know God is so amazing and he is truly worthy to be deserved. He's deserving of our praise. He's deserving of our worship um, because he's an amazing God. Without him, we can do nothing. Uh, my father used to tell me all the time, he said, son, you can't think a thought without God. I said, my Lord, Daddy, I didn't know you was that deep. But you can't move a muscle. You can't think a thought. You can't even be negative. You can't even be an atheist without God. You need God for everything. And everywhere you need God. So I'm so blessed and honored to be able to stand before you this morning on this beautiful Sabbath day. I just want to take this time to welcome all of our guests that are visiting with us online, our family, friend. We have a, 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 a nice online presence, and, and we're just so thankful for you for being here with us as we celebrate this weekend. And we call, not, not we, we don't call it. I'm going to have to just put a pen right there. You know, I've been struggling with Easter for a long time. I've been struggling with it. Um, but, um, but I know that God is, has risen, that he, that, that he rose from the grave, that he's alive, sitting at the right hand of the Father, and is soon to return. And so I thank God for uh, allowing us to be able to celebrate um, this weekend. But to our online guests, family, and friends, again, we are so appreciative of the fact that you have chosen Tabernacle of Praise to come and worship with us. So we welcome you. We thank God for you. Can we put our hands together for our online family and friends? And also, we want to take this moment to welcome all of you who are visiting with us for the very first time. If you're here for the first time, can you just do a wave in the air, wave in the air like you just don't? Amen. Well, we praise God for you who are in the house. Um, we give God praise. We know that you could be somewhere else, but you have made a conscious decision.
to come and worship with us today. So we praise God for you. Um, we are in the month of April. There's a lot of things that we have going on. I just want to just share those with you. Um, starting out with our board meeting on this coming Monday. So all of our board members, pre please um, be present, prompt, and on time and with your report as we will spend that time together at 7 p.m. Also, we want you to um, be reminded of our youth engagement, our young people, um, young adults, amen. You'll be um, um, our very own Thomas. I don't see him. I think he's here, but he's having a cookout. I'm going to call it a cookout. Um, that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be cooking out. You're going you're gonna to come get some cooked food. You don't want to come prepare the food with us? <laughs> She's coming for the cooked food. We got to make sure it's cooked. Then we can look for Sister Bev, amen. But we'll be at Brother Thomas' house on next Sabbath evening, so um, we'll get that address to you. So please, um, young adults, young folk, please mark your calendars for that. Also, April the 22nd, we'll be having our town hall meeting where our Central States Conference, our conference will be in town. We'll be meeting at Berean Seventh-day Adventist Church where we'll be having our time together there at 7 also, we just want to be in prayer um, for our marriage retreat that is coming up on the 28th through the 30th. Um, for those that have their tickets, we praise God for you. But those that don't, I'm sure there is room in the end. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So um, we want you to keep that in prayer, um, Mar April the 28th through the 30th. Also, um, we are scheduling for a baptism. We did have it scheduled for the 29th, but we have to move it as um, that day has been on the calendar for another event. So we will move it until May the 13th. May 13th, we have a baptism communion as well as our business. The church will be in business session at that time. Um, so please mark your calendar for um, those dates there. Lastly, um, June the 9th through the 11th, 9-11, 9-11. Um, June 9 through 11th, we'll be at our camp meeting in Kansas City. So those that would like to take part of that, please see us so we can make that happen. Um, lastly, I don't know if there will be an announcement regarding our Backpack Sabbath, um, but we encourage you to take part in this initiative. Amen. I believe the month of April we're doing crayons. Crayons. So just a couple of packs of crayons, bring them to the church so the young folk can draw sketch doodle if you will uh, bring 20 bring 20 crayons for the month of april this is what we're i mean say box not just 20 crayons well you got to be she said boxes not just 20 different colors red green and yeah no no leave them in the box bring the whole box amen 20 of them is that all right? Amen. Amen. And then in, April, and then in May, we'll be dealing with um, the flat erasers, and then there are others that will be coming after that. So please, this is the month, April. I don't know if you brought them last month. Amen. But this whole month, you don't have to wait the Sabbath. Amen. You can reach out to us, and we can make sure that we can get those from you. Amen. Um, and lastly, um, on this announcement, um, just mark your calendars, men. You'll hear more from our men's ministry director, but um, October the 20th through the 22nd, we'll have a men's retreat. So save the date for that 
October 20th through the 22nd, and the theme is pure, pure, P-U-R-E, amen. We want pure men, amen, amen, 100% pure men, amen. And so please come and take part of this special uh, men's retreat. April, yes, we have a, amen, on my left, my left to your right, or my left, amen. I'll wave in, okay, well praise, happy Sabbath. Praise God for you. Tanya Bland, and from Georgia, happy Sabbath. Amen. Welcome to Tabernacle of Praise. Um, pray that God will touch you in a very special way and that you will not leave here the same way you came. Thank you so much. The next time you come, your family, right? Amen. Amen. Praise God for you. Amen. We're in the month of April as we do celebrate all of our birthdays. We did some celebration last week, and we want to recognize this week. Anyone celebrated a birthday this week? Any birthdays? The 12th of April. Amen. Could you stand, Chanel? You don't mind? Put you on the spot a little. There she is. Come on. Seven years young. Oh. She's not ready for the old part yet. She got to get, what, about 25, 30 before she's seven years young? Right now, you, you, you're seven years old, amen. Um, and so we want to sing happy birthday to Chanel and all that are celebrating birthdays this week, amen. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Chanel. Happy birthday. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Happy birthday. At this time, we want to continue with our worship service um, as we know it to be. God is so good, and it's a blessing to be here. Happy Sabbath.
Even me. Even me, Lord. Even me. Can we just worship God right there? If you know the song, just, just join in with the choir. Even me. Fall. Fall on me. Even me. Even me, Lord. What? Well, yes. Let sun drops. like that and it's a blessing that we're able to be able to go to God and even say that even me knowing we don't deserve any of this but he looked beyond our faults and he see our needs and in spite of our dumbness in spite of our stupidity in spite of our lack God said I'm gonna love you anyhow because that's who I am see I'm not loving you because of of anything you've done. There are no grading scales when it comes to God. There are no A's and B's or C's and D's or even withdrawals with God. He said, I will not withdraw from you. I'm going to love you in spite of it all. So even me, Lord, as we gather our thoughts, as we gather our hearts and our minds, as we now approach God's throne, it's a blessing and a privilege that we can go to God and say, Lord, even me, even me, don't forget about me. So we want to lift up in prayer this morning, Robert Phipps. Melvin, as I think that's Mel, say it again. 
Melvin on Camel. Thank you, Camel. Canel. Dion. Alexandria. Want to keep her in prayer. Keep them in prayer. Sister Elaine. And Sister Queen. I believe she lost her brother. And so we want to keep the Rackley family in prayer. I also received a phone call from Sister Betty this morning. We want to remember Brother Lewis in prayer. Want to keep him lifted up. Remember my family as well. As we continue to pull our list together, we're going through the church family and the role and the roster. We're doing some cleaning up because we want to be intentional about praying over each and every one of you. We want to be intentional about that. We want to call you down. We want to give you a phone call and you invite your family and friends and loved ones to come and stand with you on that day. So we want to remember as we pull that list together and clean it up as we go before God's throne in prayer. Again, remember my family. At this time, for those that choose to come close to the altar, we encourage you to come at this time and those of you who choose to remain in your seats, we ask if you can reverently kneel as we approach God's throne. It's prayer time. Let us pray. Loving Lord, our Father and our God, our Savior, King, Ruler, Master of everything. We're so appreciative of the fact that you chose us. There's nothing that we've done, nothing that we could ever do that will guarantee us a seat in your kingdom. But, but for some odd reason, oh God, you saw fit to lay your life down that we may have life. And, and not just have life, Father, but have it more abundantly. And so we come, Father God, as humbly as we know how, as we lay before your throne, laying our petitions before thee. Asking you first and foremost, God, to forgive us of our sins. Ask, oh God, that you would cleanse us from all unrighteousness and allow your Holy Spirit to move mightily through our lives. That wherever we go, God, or whatever it is that we do, that your name will be glorified. We've come to the place, oh God, in our Christian experience to understand and know that there is no God like Jehovah. That you are the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. That there is none beside you, none like you, none that can compare to you. You are in a class all by yourself. And so we say, Lord, thank you for not giving up on us. Thank you for not leaving us by the wayside. Thank you every step of the way, oh God. Thank you for doing what only you can do when they're creating all of us a clean heart and renewing the right spirit within us. We say thank you, Jesus. Father, we say thank you because we we're able to come boldly to your throne and laying our petitions before thee, knowing that when we take our seats, oh God, and when we have left those things at the altar, that you big and bad enough and you know exactly what to do with them. So, Father, step in this space today. Throw your weight around. Shake us up. Do what you do, oh God. Father, we want to lay before you this morning, Brother Robert Phipps, this morning. Ask, oh God, that you will cover him right now. You know what his needs are. You know the issues that is plaguing. You know what's on the horizon. I ask you, God, that you will step in his circumstances and leave your footprint there. Leave 
your handprint all over the place. Leave your, your fingerprints all over him, oh God, that the enemy will know that he belongs to you. I ask you, oh God, that you will be with Melvina uh, uh, in a very special way as well, oh God. You know exactly what this sister needs. We ask, oh God, that you will walk with her, talk with her, let her know that she's yours. Father, we also want to lay before you Dion Boyd in a very special way. Father, we don't know the circumstances or the issues. Matter of fact, it's none of our business. But Father, you see it before it even started. Matter of fact, you gave it the okay. So if you bring her to it, you will bring them through it, oh God. So have your way in her situation and her circumstances. Lord, we ask that you will remember Sister Alexandria this morning. Father, she's been battling for a very long time. But I understand, oh God, even a woman with the issue of blood, eight long years. And Father, then her breakthrough came because she was persistent and never gave up. Even though the crowd was screaming and they was pressing and they were making it difficult, she never stopped. So I pray for Sister Alexandria this morning that she will have that stick to it power. That she too, Father, will hold on to your unchanging hands. I ask you, oh God, that you would do it because if you don't do it, God, it cannot, shall not, will not get done. So we ask that you will cover her. Be with Sister Elaine. Father, I pray that this message is coming across clearly. That the woman of God will be able to hear the word of God preached in your house. So touch Sister Elaine this morning. Move on her situation right now. Let her know, Father, that you are the author and the finisher of her faith. And that you make no mistakes. That you weren't caught by surprise. That you were aware of all of the issues. So, Father, cover her this evening, this morning. We also ask that you will cover Sister Queen this morning who lost her brother. I pray, oh God, in the name of Jesus, that you will stop by that house and that you will let them see you, God. Even them, oh God, let them see you in the name of Jesus. Let them experience you while they're trying to make sense of it all. Show yourself, oh God. Reveal yourself to them. Let them know that you're still God and that you are still in control. Use this, oh God, to draw somebody closer to you. Father, I ask that you remember our tabernacle of praise family and our guests online and family and visitors are here today. We ask that you will cover each and every one of us. That you would do what you do, oh God. Have your way, oh God. Come on in here, Jesus. Come on in the room. Fill the room with your glory. Fill the temple with your presence, oh God. Fill this space, oh God. That when we leave here, we will not leave here the same way we came. But we will leave here with a newfound love for the things of God. Praises on our lips. Joy in our hearts. Skipping to the melody of heaven. And we will be ever so mindful to give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. And it's in your precious son's name that we pray. In Jesus' name, let the church of God say amen. Amen. Hallelujah and amen again.
Good morning, church. Can you hear me? Good morning. And happy Sabbath. It is our stewardship time today. And I know the pastor has already talked about this, but Backpack Sabbath is coming up very soon. It's going to be July 29th. We really are hoping that we are able to fill 200 backpacks for our youth. Amen. We still need notebooks and pencils, so please continue to give. The box, it's a clear box. It's right up the right when you walk up the steps, you'll see it. Now we have beautiful signs, so you won't be able to miss it. And if you're unable to put it in the box, you can give it to a deacon, an usher, or anybody in the stewardship team. Okay, church, so tomorrow is Easter. We celebrate the resurrection of our Jesus, right? Amen. And I remember as a kid, I, although I'm still a kid, <laughs> when I was a little bit younger, we would have these things called Easter egg hunts. We, we all do them, right? And I remember how the adults would go outside and they would try to hide the eggs and some of us, well, me, usually, I would, you know, do a little bit of peeking, you know, trying to figure out where they were going to put the egg. And when it was time for them to let us all go out there and find them, we would all come outside, and they would line us all up, and they would explain to us, you're just going to pick up the eggs, okay? So, we would all run, we would rush, try to get the eggs. We would push each other, we would be like, mm-mm, that's mine. Sometimes we even take the eggs, I know, bad. <laughs> and at the end, we would all come together, and we would look at all the things that we've gotten in our eggs. Usually it was candy, but sometimes if we were lucky, there were dollar bills, $5 bills, and if you were really lucky, you got a $20 bill. <laughs> and it just got me thinking, this simple game that we played as children has some relevance to life. We are all seeking for God's treasures, right? And we all want to be able to find them, right? So what do we have to do? We have to use our time, talent, temples, and treasures that God has given us, right? To find these and seek for the things that he has for us. And we cannot get discouraged looking at what other people have gotten in their eggs or what they have gotten in their treasures because God has something individualized, made for us, personalized for us. And I just I want to encourage everyone to keep looking and searching for your treasures. <laughs> As I ask the deacons to come forward, remember there are multiple ways you can give at on Cash App at Top Dollar Sign Giving. And also you can just give right now in our collection plate with the deacons. <laughs> Bow your heads and close your eyes for prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just want to thank you for us all being able to be here this Saturday. Please bless the money that will be given to you, God, so we can use it for your doing. In Jesus' name, amen.
That's love. That's love. That's love. Hallelujah. That's not how. The story ends. For in three short days, my Jesus. That's love. That's love. 
love. That's love. That's love. What manner of love is this that a man will lay down his life for a friend? God is so good. Yes. The glory. worship you. Just want to tell you, Lord, I love you, gotta have you, Lord, I need you more than anything. Oh, I love you, Jesus. Just want to worship and adore you. Put our hands together and worship God in this space. And the way you guys are worshiping in here today, y'all had a week like I had. Just want to give him praise. <laughs> just want to give him praise and just worship him. Just a taste of what heaven will be like when we can just worship the King of Kings. Don't have to worry about time. Don't have to worry about the tomorrows. Don't have to worry about the yesterday. Just worshiping God and magnifying Him and giving Him praise and, and just, just loving on Him. Hallelujah. Because He's so good like that. He's worthy of all of our praise. If you don't feel like you have anything to praise God for, the fact that you are sitting in these seats, the fact that you're able to hear, the fact that you can see, it's 
worship and praise him. You've remembered how to get here. You could have drove past the church in confusion, wondering where is the church? But you had good sense to turn left or right, whichever way you came, and made your way here today. If that's not praiseworthy, I don't know what is. He's worthy and he's good like that. Mm. I love you, Jesus. I worship and I adore you. Just want to tell you, Lord, I love you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We could stay there all day long. want to go ahead and get into the word of God this morning. We've already been ministered to, preached to, souls have been fed. Amen. We can really put a period right there. But I must be obedient. Come on, somebody. I must be obedient. So if you have your Bibles with you, if you can turn with me to the book of Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16, and we'll read verses 1 down to verse 8. 1 through 8. Mark chapter 15, you see it there on your screen. And when you find it, please stand with me as we read the word of God this morning. I'll start, and then you come in. You know how we do it here at the top. The word of God declares in Mark 16, verse 1, and it says, Now then, when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices, that they might come and anoint him. And they said among themselves, who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alone. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, the reverb, that he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him as he said to you. So they went out quickly and fled from the tomb, for they trembled and were amazed. And they said nothing to anyone for they were afraid. Today, I want us to just look at the first resurrection, the first resurrection. Father, again, we are so thankful 
and so privileged and honored to be able to come before you in this manner. Again, as always, we take nothing for granted, but in all things, Father, we do give thanks. Praising you for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you are about to do in the lives of your people. I must now decrease that the word of God may increase. Into your hands I commit my spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, Amen. Amen again. The first resurrection it's been a very busy week. Uh, it was an emotional week for the disciples and Jesus. You see, Sunday, Jesus, uh, we see him right before his crucifixion, just a week before he's crucified, um, enters into Bethany. It's just six days before the Passover. And on that Monday, the next day, Jesus, after he's given the disciples instructions to go and gather two colts and bring them to him, on that Monday, we find Jesus is now riding into the city on top of these, on the top of this colt, going into Jerusalem, and everyone is screaming and everyone is excited. We call this. In the word of God, they call it the triumphal entry. This is when Jesus enters in and there's accolades and paparazzis, if you will. They're taking snapshots. They're screaming, Hosanna to the highest. It's as, as if Jesus is this mega star that has just stepped foot into the city. And everybody's excited. Everybody's on cloud nine. People have come from miles around. Yes, it's going to the city for the Passover. But the reality is they was there to see the man. They've heard stories about Jesus. They've heard it throughout the countryside, how he given sight to the blind and raising folk from the dead. After all, come on, family. Who wouldn't want to go and see such a man? that is able to walk on water and do all of these miraculous things. And, and now he's in my city. Now he's in the loo. You telling me I'm staying home? I'm going to miss this event? They showed up and they showed out. They screaming accolades. They praising God and they screaming Hosanna to the high. Jesus steps into the city on that day. And, and then Jesus, the Bible tells us, he takes a stop by the temple. Now, we talked about this on the other week when we talked about Jesus entering into the temple and recognizing that they have turned his daddy's house into a den of thieves. They selling stuff. They in there got goats over here and lambs over there, but just a big flea market in the church. Jesus then forms a whip and he goes through the temple and he began to shut it all down. He began to shut it all down. Jesus in the saint in the temple. Jesus. In the temple, 
Jesus, on this last week of his ministry, is cleaning house. You would think that just a few days before Jesus was to take the cross, that everything would be ready, locked and loaded. He can take the cross, do what he came to do, go back and hang out with the Father. But Jesus is still whipping folk in shape. Tuesday, we look across the city and Jesus is weeping because he recognized now as he looks over Jerusalem, just a few more days and I will be crucified and the people still not ready. So much work to be done, so much to do, and the people still don't get it. So the Bible says, the shortest verse in the Bible, we all know what that verse is. May not be able to put our finger on it, but we know what it is. Jesus. Jesus is feeling some kind of way now because his time is drawing near. And if I can put a pin right there, because family of God, we don't know when our time will stop. We don't have a picture of the hourglass as the sand is slowly dropping out from the top to the bottom. We don't have that preview. We don't have that, 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 that information. But what we do know is that every one of us in here has a day. Jesus sees that his day that everybody is um, feeling some kind of way. Jesus is feeling some kind of way. He sees the temple. He sees he's cleansed the temple. Not only that, but Jesus took a stop by a fig tree. Jesus took a look at a fig tree because, see, the fig tree uh, 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 was supposed to have had some figs on it, but, but, but the figs weren't missing. The figs went missing. I'm going to say it like that. The figs went missing. I don't know what the figs were. It could be the couch had them. It could be uh, uh, they got comfortable in their situation. So the Bible tells us that Jesus, he, does, he cursed the fig tree. Now, if I can just put another pen right there, because I can imagine if I was there, I don't know, uh, uh, you know, the disciples seeing Jesus out of the blue, cursing a fig tree. We're walking along, everything is going great, everything is going good, and out of a sudden, all of a sudden, all, all of a sudden, Jesus began cursing the fig tree. You can imagine you and your girls, you and your boys, you're hanging out, and all of a sudden they stop and just do something out of the ordinary, start speaking to the wind. Just start cursing trees and, and, and just going in, missing the whole point. Wednesday, Jesus took a pause. The word of God doesn't give much on that Wednesday as Jesus is now getting ready for that big day, for that Passover, the preparation for the Passover. But then on that Thursday, Peter and John, as they prepare the Passover meal and, and, when they, and with the other disciples together with Jesus, now they're with him. Jesus now goes back past this fig tree and the disciples notice that the fig tree had withered away. The fig tree had withered up. Now Jesus uses this object lesson to let the disciples know concerning their faith. You see, the word of God lets us know right there, family of God, as we get closer to the wrap up of things, as we get closer to the end of this thing, your faith will be paramount. 
Look at Jesus' life as he approaches, as he's teaching, as he's speaking. You got to be careful. You got to be watched and you have to pray. How do I know? Because just a couple of days later on that Thursday, Jesus take Peter, James, and John with him as he goes into a place of prayer. The Bible tells me that Jesus was at a point in his ministry where he began to feel some kind of way, wondering, is this thing, do I really, should I, could, what, what is going on here? Father, Father, if, if there's any way possible that you can let this cup pass from me, is there any way possible? Jesus is praying. He go back to the disciples and he finds them asleep. We are close to Jesus' crucifixion, close to Jesus being crucified. And what do we see the church doing? I'm I'm, I'm just trying to help us along the way because Jesus, we're getting close to the end of this thing. We're getting close to the wrap up of this thing. And now we see the disciples sleep. So what does our loving Lord and Savior do? He goes to the disciples and he gives them another opportunity. So he speaks to them, could you not? Could you? I'm just right over here. Could you not just stay away just a little while? He goes away, and you know the story, comes back again, finds them asleep. The last time Jesus comes back, they don't what? Don't even worry about it. I, 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 I see now, I'm just going to have to move forward with my business. That Thursday, late at night, Jesus is up praying. Remember Jesus, just earlier as they prepared the Passover, as Jesus spent time uh, uh, with the disciples and teaching them and breaking things down to them. The Bible tells us that Jesus then does something, another, uh, another out of the ordinary, just, uh, just off the cuff. Jesus then takes some water, kneels down, and began washing the feet of his disciples. began washing their going between toes and and washing their feet and they're looking at him and wondering what is the man doing Jesus goes on after he's spent that time with them goes and prayed the Bible tells us that he is this is the time where Judas who earlier in the week has set up a, a scheme to trap my Jesus. He shows up as they're coming down from prayer. Another pen, my family of God. You know, when we go to God in prayer, when you get up off your knees, that's when you need to be the most ready. You know, we feel like because I've given it to the Lord that it's all good in the neighborhood, but the reality is that's when the devil shows up the most. That's when your faith will be tested the most. Because you just got through praying, Father, I'm giving it over to you. And the devil was saying, okay then, let's see just how much you've given it over to him. So he throws this and he throws that and he comes this way and he comes that way. And all along, you have, all along, God is telling you, I got you. But because we are not where we really need to be. We go to sleep. So Judas betrays him. He shows up that Thursday night. 
Friday, Jesus is brought to trial. Now, keep in mind, Jesus has spent all day with the disciples. Jesus spent all day with the disciples, ministering to them. Now it's late at night, and you're wondering, where did the sleep? The disciples were tired. You would think Jesus would have been tired. You would have thought that Jesus would have been looking for somewhere to lay his weary head, because the reality is uh, his time was drawing short. And even though it was crucial, even though the hour was crucial, Jesus said, I don't have time to sleep. And so here it is, early Friday morning. It was so late Thursday, it was early. Early Friday morning, Jesus is on trial. The first trial for right before Annas. He's there on trial. The second trial was before the Sanhedrin's. Jesus is condemned. Then there was a third trial. The third trial immediately at dawn. Meanwhile, Peter denies Jesus a third time. And then we find Jesus now going to a fourth trial before Pilate. All of these trials... Back to back to back to back. The fifth trial was before Herod. And then the sixth trial sent him back to Pilate. Jesus is scourged. The city cries now. At one point there, at one point, they're screaming, Hosanna, Hosanna to the highest. Now we get to the end of the week and we find the same crowd, the same ones, the same folk, the same individuals are now screaming, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. Smiling in your face. All the time, backstabbers, screaming and praising you one minute, loving on you one minute. If I know anybody like that, holding your arms up one minute. The next minute you see them, they screaming, get them out of here. Send him back where he came from. He don't fit the mold. I thought he was the one, but I was sadly mistaken. They scream and crucify him. So Jesus moves. Jesus bears his cross at a, 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 a gate on the north of the city, and he is crucified somewhere around 9 a.m. Then hadn't had any sleep yet, hadn't had any of that yet. Now Jesus at 9 a.m. is hanging on the cross. Hanging on the cross. And Jesus' final words, these laughing, these seven last words that Jesus gives us. Right before he hangs his head and dies. Number one, the father, he says, forgive them. You would think that he would use his breath to say something like, um, come on, angels, and let's wrap this thing up. But instead of him calling down angels, he says, father, number one, forgive them. 
for they know not what they do. The second time Jesus opens his mouth on the cross, he's speaking to the thief on the cross who at one point was ridiculing Jesus. One thief was talking bad about Jesus. One thief was down talking Jesus. The other thief said, wait a minute. Why are you coming for him? You see, we deserve what we're getting. But this man here has done no wrong. So the thief looks over at my Jesus and he tells him, remember me, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, remember me when you go into your kingdom. And the second time Jesus opens his mouth and began to speak, he says, today, my friend, today you will be with me in paradise. Third time Jesus opens his mouth, Jesus speaking to his mother. And you can imagine the scene as this mother watching her baby hang on the cross. This mother who nursed him, this mother who watched him as a baby when he took his first step. This mother watching her son, her first son, uh, being hung, uh, an innocent man being treated like a guilty man. Uh, This mother is witnessing this and felt powerless. I don't know, mothers, if you've ever been in a situation where your babies was in a situation and you was helpless, you couldn't do nothing. Sit back and watch them in the ER, watch them in the NICU, watch them as they go through the suffering and the pain. And as a mother, you say it time and time again, if I could trade places with you, I would. Mary was helpless. Watching her Jesus hang on the cross. And here it is, the third time Jesus opens his mouth. He says, woman, which is a most, uh, is a term of endearment. Woman, behold thy son. You see, Jesus wasn't going to leave his mother without help. Behold your son. And then the fourth time Jesus opens his mouth. On that cross, he's crying out, my God, my God, Elia, Elia, Lama Sabachthani, Elia, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The fifth time Jesus opens his mouth on that cross, he cries out, I'm thirsty. Jesus using the last breath in his body instead of calling for help. I'm thirsty. Instead of asking or, 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 or commanding, if you will, the angels, the wind. He could have called upon a tsunami. He could have done a number of things. But what does he do? He says, I'm Six times Jesus opened his mouth. He says, it is finished. It is finished. 
It looks as if my daddy's not going to show up. I'm losing. I'm losing breath. Pulling myself up by my hands with the nails. I'm, I, it's, it's finished. And the last time Jesus opens his mouth on that cross, he cries out, into thy hand I commit my spirit. And the Bible says he hung his head and he died. That was on that Friday. And I often ask the question, what's so good about Good Friday? What's so good about a murder? What's so good about hatred? What's so good about malice? So good about it. Jesus died. God died. Guess what make it so good to some that say, well, we got him. We got him. But see, the good only kicks in down the road. You see, if we just stay on Friday, there is nothing good about a Friday's murder. There is nothing good about a Friday's death. There is nothing good about a Friday's crucifixion. So the death of God, about 3 p.m., the Bible tells us that the torn, uh, uh, that, the, that the temple or the veil inside the temple was torn from top to bottom. Letting you know that this wasn't some man-made event. Jesus side then was pierced because here it is you know the devil you know you know how to oh he's not gonna believe you you know sometimes you know you you know you got to make a believer so instead of the devil accepting the fact that Jesus is dead the bible says they took a spear pierced him in the side blood and water came out Jesus is dead the Lamb of God, the Passover Lamb that goes all the way back to the Old Testament. This Passover when God told Moses uh, to go to Pharaoh and let my people go in a series of plagues, but now a curse. Because the last plague, we say, is really not a plague, it was a curse. And God instructs Moses to take the blood of a lamb and lay it over the doorpost. Uh, and that when the death angel comes by, that every time, uh, the, the, that every house uh, that have the blood over the doorpost, the death angel will pass by. It will pass over that house. Hence, the Passover. And now Jesus is that substitute lamb. No more do we have to sacrifice bulls, lambs, and goats. No more do we have to walk out our front door down the street to the temple bringing our sacrifices with us. No more do I have to come in that manner because Jesus paid it all. Jesus is now that substitute. Jesus now at this point came that Passover lamb to show the religious leaders on this Passover 
that no more do you have to go to the temple, ripped it, tore it up, shut it down. Jesus is now buried by sundown. The Sabbath is approaching. I'm getting to it. I'm getting to it. I just had to set it up. I'm getting to it. I won't be long. <laughs> I need to say, well, he started out in Mark. How do we get, how do we get to the first week? Well, well set it. I had to set it up for you. Jesus, Jesus now, by sundown, Jesus is now uh, 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 being buried. See, Jesus was betrayed. He was, he was beaten. Jesus was hung on a tree, and the Bible says he died. His death paid for our sins. But there is hope. There is hope. Because as Jesus, as Jesus laid there, as Jesus died, as they took his body down, the Bible says they put him in a tomb that didn't belong to him. A borrowed tomb. Somebody say it was borrowed because he knew that he would be giving it back in about three days. I have a borrowed tomb as well. Come on, somebody. I'll be giving it back. So, he, so, 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 so the Bible says on, on, on that Sabbath, Jesus rested. He laid in the tomb. No activity was done. Nothing was happening. The world was in. Some was rejoicing. Some was, rem- uh, was in remorse. Some didn't know how to feel. About like 2023. 20, some excited today. Some rejoicing today. Some feeling good about life right now. But then there is somebody that is confused about the next move. It very well may be somebody under the sound of my voice. Uh, your week was rough. Uh, you don't know what's about to jump off. Uh, and everybody is excited. Everybody is feeling good. But you have nothing to be excited about. You have nothing to rejoice about, nothing to give accolades about. So Jesus is resting. Then the Bible tells us that in verse 1 of chapter 16, now when the Sabbath was over. Oh, when the Sabbath was over, God said, I hadn't forgotten about you. I, I, I have not forgotten you. I need you to understand somebody. I need you to understand that God is in touch with your situation, that he has not forgotten about you. It's Sabbath. He said, I'm just taking a rest. I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes Sabbath may show up in a way that you don't understand. God is saying, listen, don't fret. Don't be fearful. I'm just simply taking a rest. Why are you laying up at night worrying about it? I'm just, I'm just, I'm just resting. You see, you have to understand that God, there is no, there is no clock with God. There is no time frame with God. So why are you worrying about it? He said, why are you trying to figure it out? I've already worked it out. Why, why, why are you over here can't sleep at night wondering what's going to happen? God is saying, go to sleep. Get some rest. Your health is failing. You're wondering and pacing and trying to... You can't fix it anyhow. You 
still don't have the power to deal with it. Why? Because what you're dealing with, it had to come through me first. And I made sure that you couldn't handle it by yourself. You see, God is not going to give you something that you can deal with by yourself. If he gave you what you could deal with by yourself, you would jump in there every time the wind blows. Let me just throw that one on the side like that. Every chance you get, you're going to try to fix it. You're going to try to change the color. You're going to try to change the height. You're going to try to change the depth. You're going to get this material versus that material. You're going to go over this. You're going to mess it up. So God is saying, listen, bring that over here to me, Satan, before you take it to my son or my daughter. Because, see, I want to make sure that it's more than they can handle. I want to make sure that it drives them a little some kind of way. I want to see great. I want to... I want to see some things. I want to make sure that it's more than they can handle. Why? Because that's when they're going to turn to me. That's when they're supposed to lean on me. That's when they're supposed to go back to their youth and realize that I was with mama. I was with daddy. I will be with you even until the end of all ages. So God had to do something special. The Bible says as he took his rest and on, 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 after the Sabbath had passed, the Bible says that Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, bought spices that they might come and anoint Jesus. Which lets me know that they didn't get it. That even though Jesus died, the people whom he came and walked with, the people who he broke bread with, the people that he preached to, the people that he taught with, the people that he hung out with, the people that he shared vital information with, the people that he let on the inside still didn't get it. How do I know? The text just told me so because they showed up expecting when Jesus already told them that in three days, I will rise again. So if they wanted, if they had to trust Jesus, then they would have said something like this. Mary, Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James and Salome, went to the temple, or went to the, to the, to the grave site to meet Jesus. To meet him. To go there and welcome him. To go there saying, I knew you was going to do it, Jesus. 
I never doubted you one minute, but that didn't happen. They showed up expecting him to still be in the grave. Oh, if I can just help somebody right there and help you out of that thinking, uh, it's time for you to come out of that mindset thinking that Jesus is still in the grave, that Jesus has forgotten about you. Oh, it's time for you to come on out of that mindset to keep thinking that Jesus has abandoned you, uh, that Jesus has went back on his word, uh, that Jesus, because he said it yesterday, oh, it's a little different today. No, 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 no. He said, I am a God. I cannot lie. If I said it, it's guaranteed. Uh, if I told you, bring, you can expect it to come to pass. So they showed up very early in the morning, very early on the first day of the week. But let me back up because we can't, we can't jump over. The Bible says that this man was there. And we know, according to Matthew's gospel, he breaks it down and said this man that was dressed in white was an angel. You see, throughout the Bible, God uses angels to make special announcements to humans. For instance, if I can just share with you, you see, God sent an angel, uh, 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 sent a message to, of destruction to Lot by way of an angel. God sent an angel to announce the birth of Samson. It was God who sent an angel to send the announcement of the birth of John. It was an angel that God sent to talk to Mary as a little girl, not even Mary, that you would be impregnated by the Holy Spirit. It was an angel that was right there announcing to Mary right when the Savior showed up. You see, God seems to use angels to make special announcements. And this right here, and this text right here, we see that God does the same thing. He didn't change his habit. He didn't change his ideology. He stuck to the blueprint. He stuck with the plan and he sent an angel to announce that Jesus is not here. Why are you looking for the living amongst the dead? Jesus has been risen. But they didn't get it. They didn't understand it. So they showed up locked and loaded. They was ready to go and anoint Jesus, but Jesus was gone. Seems that when God has an announcement of extreme importance, he sends an angel. And so our text goes on, our text, we are presented with this angel, and this message that this angel shared over 2,000 years ago is still prevalent to us today. So this isn't something that just happened back in the day. But this is something that is applicable to us today. It's relevant for the times right now. It's crucial to the point that where every last one of us under the sound of my voice ought to be locked, loaded, and engaged, trying to figure out some kind of way to get connected to this Jesus because he that shall come will come and will not tarry. I'm talking about the king of kings, the lord of lords, the ruler, the master of everything. I'm talking about the one that spoke all of this into existence. This is not some, some happenstance. This is not some, 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 some old school fable. This is real, just as real and just as real as you here today. 
So the angel bears this news. These women that showed up fear and trepidation filled the hearts of these women as they made their way to discreetly through the darkness to get to this place. They get there and they look for Jesus and they can't find Jesus. And they're wondering even as they're on their way, as they're making their way to the tomb. Uh, the Bible tells us that these young ladies, as they were so locked in on, on how they're probably going to fold the cloth and how they're going to do their dorkest duty. Come on, somebody. As they approach the throne, uh, 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 the um, tomb, uh, the Bible says they looked up and noticed that the stone was rolled away. If I can put a pen right there because I need us to understand that there are, although you may have a stone in your life, Jesus is able to roll that stone away. You don't have to figure out how you're going to move that stone. And you don't have to lay up any more, lay awake any longer on figuring out how in the world am I going to get past this stone. Jesus rolled it away. The Bible said the angel came down. The angel, the stone was moved out the way. They enters in, and the Bible said that they see this man sitting on the stone. Oh, y'all missed it right there. That was a shout right there. Uh, uh, the angel, he, the, he's sitting on the stone. The very thing that, was, that would prevent them from getting inside. The very thing uh, that was keeping them locked out. God said, I'll sit on it. I'll sit on it so it can't hurt you anymore. And so they were confused. They were confounded as they came near this tomb. They didn't know what was going on. It's gone. It's open. What fear must have gripped their hearts. Perhaps they feared that the Jewish rulers or the Romans had taken the body of Christ. They didn't know what was. The, the, the stone is gone. Why, why is it gone? They went in there to take it. Could it be that they took it because they want to? They, 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 they don't want. They, they want to convince us that Jesus didn't rise from the dead. They're trying to trick us. They went in there and they took the body, still in disbelief. Sometimes God can show you just as plain as the nose on your face, just as obvious as the most obvious, and we still look over it. We look around it. It's like right here. We looking all around it. Anybody ever looked for something that was right there and you know you looked in that spot before? Mm -hmm. I know I looked in that spot. I'm not, I know I looked. I know I looked in there. And it wasn't there. Could it be that sometime you can be so engaged and looking for it that you look past it? Maybe, maybe they suspected that grave robbers had come and taken the body. I, why is the stone rolled away? Because Jesus is not there. This, my brothers and sisters, I'm moving along. This right here, the Bible speaks about the resurrection many times throughout both the Old and the New Testament. The Bible speaks of two types of resurrection. We're talking about the first resurrection. You see, the first resurrection was the resurrection for the just. I'm jumping there. I'm jumping there. I'm going on in. I'm going on in because you have to understand what Christ did on the cross. It wasn't just for that time. He didn't just rise from the dead. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to die in three days. I'm going to get up again. And that's the end of it. No, no. There was a reason why he rose. And the Bible tells us 
in Revelation, if we can just jump there real quick. Revelation chapter 20. Revelation chapter 20 talks about this resurrection. Revelation chapter 20. We want to start right there at verse 4. Revelation 20. I want to, I want to just share this with you real quick, fast, and in a hurry, and I'm going to get out of your way. Revelation chapter 20, verse 4, and there it is on your screen, but I'm going to read it right here. It says, and I saw thrones. Is that what my Bible says? That's what your Bible says. I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was committed to them. Then I saw the souls of those who have been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of the Lord. Who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received his mark on their foreheads, on their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ for how many? A thousand years. But the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. This, my brothers and sisters, is the first resurrection. The Bible goes on to say in verse 6, Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. Over such the second death have no power. Jesus Christ rose from the dead because he was getting the people of God and the church in position for the resurrection. You have to understand, had not Christ rose on early that Sunday morning that there would be no power in the resurrection. We have to understand, family of God, that while the brutal murder on a Friday can't justify all that we have experienced, because just because you go through it, just because you experience it, just because you have to handle it, it doesn't mean a whole lot without Jesus. If Jesus had a stayed in the grave, then all that we've experienced would have been for naught. You see, it was the resurrection that gives us the power. The first resurrection that gives us power. I said it before, and I'm going to say it again. The one thing that the devil hate the most the one thing that the devil hate the most is not the fact that you are sitting here. While I believe that the devil would rather you sit somewhere else than in the house of the Lord. But that's not what he hate the most. The fact that you gave your life to Jesus is not what the devil hate the most. While I believe the devil would still rather have you drinking Budweiser. I believe that the devil would still have you hanging out in the clubs. I believe that the devil will still have you smoking Newports and cool filter kings. I believe that the devil will still have you hanging out in the wayward world. But one thing the devil hates the most is not you. It's not the fact that you gave your life to Jesus. It's not the fact that you're trying to live for Jesus. I said it before and I'm gonna say it again. The one thing the devil hates the most is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because with the resurrection comes power. With the resurrection comes hope. With the resurrection comes authority. With the resurrection comes a life everlasting. You see, the resurrection is why we're here. Not the second resurrection. Because we just read in the revelation that there is no power in the second resurrection. 
the power is in the first resurrection. Blessed is he that is awakened in the first resurrection. Can I go a little further? I said, can I go a little further? You see, we have to understand what the Bible was telling us as it relates to the resurrection of Jesus Christ, as it relates to the power that God has given us. You see, Jesus in 1 Corinthians 15, the Bible calls him, Paul calls him the first fruit. In other words, what Jesus did on that Sunday morning, we say he was resurrected. But I say he rose. You see, a, resur see, a resurrection lets me know that there was once death, and if it had not been for Jesus rising, I'll still be dead. That's what the resurrection. In other words, when the resurrection comes new life, Jesus don't have new life. Jesus simply rose. And because he rose, I'll rise. Because he died, I must die. Because what he went through and what he experienced, I can now walk boldly to the throne of God. Family of God, two events will take place when Christ comes the second time. 1 Thessalonians 4 16 and 17 said in the dead and Christ shall rise first and those who are alive and remain will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Two things will happen. The dead in Christ will rise first and then we who are alive and remain will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. That's why I praise God that when he comes I will be resurrected out of my sleep no more will I have to deal with the pains of back issues. No more will I have to deal with the struggles of finances. No more will I have to deal with the haters and those backstabbers. No more will I have to deal with a heavy workload. No more will I have to deal with the issues of this world. Why? Because Jesus and that first resurrection... The first resurrection, the resurrection of the living, the resurrection of the righteous living, the resurrection of the righteous dead. At that point, I will rise with a new body. I will come up with a new mind. I will come up to see my Jesus, King of kings, Lord of lords. I will wrap my arms around him and I will declare, that's my God. That's my Jesus. That's my Savior. I don't want no parts in the second resurrection because my Bible tells me that the second resurrection is nothing but death. There is no power in the second resurrection. The first resurrection. Because of what Jesus did early Sunday morning because of what he did that early Sunday morning has now given us the privilege to be a part of that first resurrection. I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of that first resurrection. Anybody in here? Do I have any, do I have any takers in here this morning? Do I have anyone in here that is willing to, to go with Jesus all the way? One of the things that I've come to learn as a believer 
and that is I can trust God. I can trust him with my life. It doesn't always make sense. It doesn't always make sense. I don't understand why death has to be at the most inopportune time. But I've come to learn that no matter how you plan or no matter how you prepare, you're never ready. You're never prepared. You're never ready. But we serve a God who is always prepared who is always ready. Listen, family of God, I don't know where you are in your Christian experience. I don't know. We, we come here, we spend this time together, and I just want to make sure that I do my due diligence and making sure that I give that invitation to you to meet this Jesus that we just got through preaching about. Now, I get it. We live in a time where we want people to know that that I got it all together. I get it. I want you to know I got all mine together too. But the reality is we don't have it all together. We don't have it all together. We look good. We smell good. We feel good at times. But the reality is life is not always good. And so I would be remiss if I didn't extend this invitation for you, family of God. And you know who you are. We want to get you ready for baptism. We want to be intentional about getting you connected with Jesus. Now, I know you may say, I already know the man. I'm good where I am. But let's just be real in here. Let's just be real with, the, with ourselves. I mean, you don't have to be real with me, but at least be real with yourself. And you know whether or not you need to make that step towards baptism or not. I'm not looking through nobody's windows. I'm not that guy. I try to be cool with everybody, and I know, Pastor, you, you know, you, you can't be cool, a cool pastor. Well, I just got to be who I am, Doc. I love playing basketball. I love hanging out. I love family hour. I love doing that. But at the same time, I love Jesus. <laughs> and I'm about my father's business. At the end of the day, this is what I do. This is who I am. We can laugh and joke and yip-yap and all that other good stuff. But at the end of the day, I'm trying to get to heaven. And it would be wrong of me to prepare myself as a pastor and not give you an opportunity to get it right yourself. Now, I'm not into long appeals. I'm not even really, I don't even really consider myself as an uh, appeal maker. But at the end of the day, I have to do my due diligence and give you an opportunity to get your life right with Christ. So if you feel that you need to be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, I want to invite you to come down here and stand with me. Is there one? Is there one? Is there one? Like I said, you know who you are, and you know what you need to do. I'm going to love you anyhow, anyway. It don't matter. That's what I do. You see, Jesus said, I look beyond your faults, and I see your needs. Now, I'm not saying I'm looking beyond your faults. I'm not that good. I'm not that great. But what I do want to let you know is, is that I know how to love you in spite of. Because let's just be real in here. Come on, family of God. We're all human. But you can bet to believe I don't talk about nobody. I don't run nobody's name down. I don't get down like that. You know why? Can I tell you why? Because I don't want nobody talking about me. 
Does that mean nobody ever talk about me? Yeah, they still talk about me, doc, but that don't mean I'm going to talk about you. See, I'm not, I don't let what other folk do dictate what I do. I take my cues from God. So whether they talk about me, run me down, it don't matter. I'm still going to praise my Jesus anyhow. Because you don't know like I know what he's done for me. And I just got to be real up in here today. If you want to be a part of that next baptism, I want to invite you to come stand with me. Is there one? Is there one? Is there one? If you need special prayer, if you need special prayer, we want to give you the invitation. We want to just call your name out. You want the pastor to pray for you. We do. We call your name out. We call your name out. We take it before the Lord in prayer. If you want that special prayer, we ask you to just raise your hand. Is there one? Is there one? I see your hand, sister. I see you. I see you. Amen. I see you. I see you. Praise God. Last thing, last thing, last thing. If you want to be a part of that, that first resurrection, if you want to see Jesus in that first resurrection, I'm asking you to stand with me as we close out in prayer. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Mountain, oh, mountain, and it flows to the lowest valley, valley, oh, the blood that gives me from day, oh, from day, oh, well, today, it will never, 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 never lose, lose his power, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, this is an amazing God. He'll never lose his power. Oh, the blood 
never lose his power. Say the blood never lose his power. Yes, sir. Lord, our Father and our God, again, we're so thankful. We're so blessed, so privileged, so honored. That the blood will never lose its power. That there is power in the resurrection. There is power in the resurrection. Father, you've seen all those that have taken their stand and declaring today that they want to be a part of that first resurrection. I ask you, God, that you will seal the deal today. That you will make it plain, make it clear. At the end of the day, oh God, that your name will be proclaimed. Now, as we depart from this space, this place, never from your presence, we ask that you will grant us traveling mercies. Keep us safe over the roads. Let us go and enjoy the Sabbath, resting and reflecting and just growing in, in grace in Christ. And again, God, we will be ever so mindful to give you all the praise, honor, and glory for you are truly an amazing God. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you.